This is a podcast about betting on sports, <laughs> which is something you can do to try and make money. One important thing to know is that this podcast is not going to be the reason you get rich from sports betting. To repeat, we are not going to get you rich. There are sleazeballs abound all over the internet. We'll be happy to take your money to chase down that lie. Here, at best, we might make you a little bit less awful of a better. If you're lucky, bet at your own risk. Don't bet more than you can afford to lose. And Godspeed, coming at you live from the bottom of the Hudson River, Mr. J. Swa. What's going on, Rob? How are you? How was your week? I heard you went to a National Football League game. There, there have been various reports that I did attend one Falcons versus Cardinals game um, all day in Glendale. It was good, dude. I'll admit it. We had fun, mostly because we did the whole tailgate thing, just hanging out with the boys, tossing the ball around, you know, being a little silly tailgate action. Yeah, I got a, I got a picture. You were, you were decked out in a, a blue polo, and uh, some, an interesting hat. Was that a Grand Canyon hat? You were Grand wearing? Canyon National Park. Yep. Okay, nice. So you went with the neutral blues. Uh, mm-hmm. Were you rooting for the home team? Um, I, I guess, I guess I did think it was funny when the Falcons missed the extra point to lose the game. So, so yeah, <laughs> yep. That's high drama. Now, little known fact, I mean, you're essentially an, uh, an Arizona, uh, you know, lifer now, but you did live in, you've lived in both cities. Mm-hmm. Uh, people know that. I don't know if our followers mm-hmm. know that you, you lived, uh, was in high school. You lived in for a semester in Atlanta. That's right. That's right. I got to do the thing where you're um, a like 16-year-old living with your 25-year-old brother. <laughs> Highly recommend it if you can pull that off. Um, <laughs> indoors. Definitely go for it. Oh, my Lord. I, few of our listeners know who your brother is as well. And a personal hero of mine, which is probably not a good thing. But, uh, wow. Yeah, that would be a great reality TV show. So, yeah, if any of you all can time travel and go back to 16-year-old self and live with your older brother in a different city. Highly recommend. But uh, how was Kyler Murray in person? He, he's a personal favorite of mine. I did bet against him last week. I'm an idiot. How did he look in person? Um, shit, man. Check the tapes. I think he looked pretty good at football. Is that what you're asking? Or like, you yeah, know, yeah. is he handsome? Is he cool? No, um, he- da- dashing, dude. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a pretty phenomenal athlete, and I essentially knew it was going to be a, a high scoring game. So I I thought he was going to maybe have a, a turnover or two. It was going to be a high pace game, and kind of just like out thought myself. It's like if I thought that I should just bet the over, but uh, I kind of just really some people I trust, and I, I thought the Falcons were gonna like okay get their shit together. Matt Ryan's a great quarter or you know pretty damn good quarterback and. Yeah, I mean, Kyler Murray looked great, and I'm a Kyler Murray fanboy, so I kind of feel pretty pretty silly. Uh, but hey, it is what it is. Lost on a dang extra point. So the way the cookie crumbles. I uh, also had some other bad bets. Uh, the Rams, I really thought it was a get well spot for them. They had four days extra rest. It was kind of put up or shut up time, and they just got absolutely destroyed by the the 49ers, who look like uh, gods, and they are the new favorites in the NFC West. We're actually going to run through the divisions. Kind of like not a midseason, but like a almost midseason run through the division, especially because next week we're actually going to focus more on the NBA. Uh, mm. Talk talk about the NBA preview in the season. Uh, talk about each team very brief for, briefly. 
And um, also, we get to brag about our fantasy teams because we have our fantasy basketball draft this Monday. We actually have one spot still available because uh, one of our buddies, Braden, signed up super late. Now we have 11 teams. We need one more person. So if that's you out there, you want to join a league with some pretty big idiots that are just trying to have fun and, and follow the NBA, ask us for the invite. Um, but, yeah, so the Niners, they looked really good. I also had the Chiefs who – Lost by seven, but they really should have lost by a lot more to the Texans. Just a weird week, man. It, I, I did not have a good week. Um, just the NFL, it's tough, man. It really is. It's really, really tough. But um, got a couple of picks already this week. Probably won't have too many more, but I'll go through those once we go through the divisions. Um, kind of like the conference overlooked. It's the first time where the, the Chiefs have kind of gone back to the field. Now it's kind of like the AFC is just pretty much the Patriots and nobody else, whereas the NFC is just, I mean, I, I think I wrote down like nine teams. I wouldn't be surprised if they won the NFC. Um, the Saints are kind of emerging as favorites just based on their division and, and lack of competition in their division, and also Drew Brees getting close to being healthy. The Vikings are really, the Vikings and the Seahawks kind of stick out to me just because Russell Wilson's playing unbelievably for the Seahawks, and um, the Vikings just like look like a complete team, and if Kirk Cousins can just be somewhat decent, he still needs to prove it against a good team. Um, I think they, they might be the truth, but the Niners are, are no joke. I've, I've, the Eagles have some issues. The Packers still have Aaron Rodgers. I mean, the, the NFC is complete crapshoot, so we still have a lot to learn. Uh, but, yeah, we'll get into a little division uh, by division re, uh, review. Is there anything maybe on the, the NBA fantasy or NBA front you'd like to talk about, Rob, before we get started with the good old football? Um, I mean, ideally, I'd like like a rundown of how to exactly front run you, irritate you as much as possible on draft night next week. <laughs> um, but no, I don't think so. I like the going by. So does the NBA have a similar kind of matchup strategy where you can map out sort of the possibilities for each team based on who they play a bunch competition? Obviously, no, East versus West should be totally separate. Um, anything else you'll be looking for along those kind of macro big picture lines for the NBA? Yeah. So I'm actually, so this weekend I already actually, I'm kind of proud of myself. I already have something like a preview to read this weekend for, for my flight. We see each other this weekend. Uh, but to kind of go over, you try to get like a macro perspective of each team. Like which are they heading towards contention? Are they rebuilding things of that nature? I also want to look at divisions, like how many times the teams play a division partner, seeing any advantages with that, uh, just kind of like understanding the the basic rules of the game. Uh, so, you know, I kind of talk about that with baseball, uh, you know, how it's like 47% of your games are within your division. So knowing who's in your division is very, very important. And there's so much, uh, you know, uh, binary things. You know, if, if team A is bad, that also means team B gets a bump up just by default because they're in their same division, things that that uh, nature. So, yeah, I'm, like, I'm really excited. We're, we're kind of using this as a fun year to learn about the NBA and where I have our fantasy league and, and I'm going to play some DFS. And I, we actually had, I had a buddy reach out to me over uh, the Instagram.com, which I don't think you use anymore. And I, I delete during the week. I check it on the weekends, but uh, I had a buddy reach out and say, uh, you know, hey, man, you know, I've had some success with NBA, DFS, would love to help out, maybe be a guest on the podcast. So I think we're going to get him next week to be an interview, uh, probably just with me, and then we'll kind of play that for everybody and get your perspective. 
Uh, but I'm excited. Just kind of have this be a learning year. And also college basketball is not that far off. So that's kind of why I want to dedicate most of the show to kind of like giving us a, a, a benchmark of where we are in the NFL season before we kind of get real busy with, with some basketball as well. But um, on that note, let's start with the NFC East. The Cowboys and the Eagles are tied at the top of the division, both three and three. They actually play on Sunday night football. Rob, I know you'll be watching. It's a huge leverage game. So because they're both tied, they haven't played each other yet. It's pretty much a two-horse race in the NFC East. So it's the Cowboys, Eagles, uh, and then the Giants and those Redskins. Yes, those Redskins are still playing football. Uh, they almost lost to the Dolphins, by the way. I don't know if you saw that, but the Redskins are terrible. Um but, yeah, so this is a huge leverage game. I actually just put a bet out there, uh, half a unit for the Eagles to win the division. I'm going to bet the Eagles after this week's game, even if they win or lose. So that way the, that's built into the price, if that makes any sense, because the Eagles' schedule for the rest of the year is much, much easier than the Cowboys. So I like the Eagles in general. Uh, I kind of want to take a little piece now, so just in case the Eagles do win, because when I get bet them next week, the price will be steeper but I'm only betting a little just in case the Cowboys win, and that way I can put more next week again on the Eagles at a better price. So the Cowboys are a two-and-a-half-point favorite. So instead of betting that game, and, you know, in a 60-minute game, it's such a, like a short sample size, I'd rather do this where I get the whole year's worth, where, you know, the team I like more gets a longer chance to prove their skill, if this makes sense. So it, there's it's less random. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. So I'm I'm essentially betting on the Eagles this weekend, and even though I'm taking the division game. And like I said, no matter if the cow, unless there's a major injury or something happens, or I watch the game, the Eagles just like the worst team on earth. I'm gonna take the Eagles next week, whether that be at worse odds because they won, so they they'd probably be like minus two hundred if they won, uh, or they'd probably be closer to two to one if they lost. Either way, with that price built in, with that one game lead. Uh, I'm going to take the Eagles. So it's just kind of a different way to bet bet games and whatnot. So, uh, so yeah, so I'll, I'll be having that. But, yeah, it's a two-horse race. And like I said, I, I like the Eagles here to end up winning the division. I've been big on the Eagles all year, but their, their secondary has really had some problems, really had some problems. They got worked against the Vikings this past weekend. Uh, but, yeah, moving to the NFC North, the Packers are in first place. Um, they have a one-game lead over the Vikings, but it's really like a two-game lead. So this is kind of like we talked about the NBA here is knowing the the playoffs and and the tiebreakers. So the Packers are three and zero within the division, whereas the Vikings are zero and two within the division. And the the Packers have already beat the Vikings, so it's really almost like a two game lead the Packers have. So really, the Packers have a pretty big leg up of winning this division, even though it's just a one one game lead. That being said, I really I think the Vikings are the best team in this division. Um, but that caveat I just told you, they're most likely not going to win this division, which means that they're probably going to get the wild card. So that means they're going to have to win three road games to get to the Super Bowl. So that's just a very uh, not advantageous position. So unless we get better odds right now, they're about like eight to one to win the conference. That's not good enough odds to take. So, you know, unless maybe the Packers fall back, then – uh, we, you know, we might jump, jump on the Vikings if they had a chance, better chance of winning the division. Or if Kirk Cousins really proves that he can win a big game, which he still hasn't done yet. He looked he, when he was with the Redskins, he did this. He looked like he was great against bad competition, but um, you know, uh, against bad competition, but good competition, he couldn't, he couldn't really perform. So if he can change that or something, that I see, 
then we'll look to bet the Vikings, but right now we're just not getting a good enough price. The Bears are still out there, but they just have quarterback issues, and um, I don't know. I'm I just not as impressed with the Bears. Uh, the NFC South, it, the Saints are the biggest favorites in the NFC. Uh, they've been playing without Drew Brees. Drew Brees got hurt. Uh, but Teddy Bridgewater, their backup, has, has looked really good. They've really the, the coaching job by the, the Saints has been great. So Sean Payton has really done a really good job uh, kind of managing this injury and keeping this team together and, and really putting them out there and in their best position to win. That being said, there's still, you know, there's still some holes. The defenses look great, I will say that. And Kamara might be a little banged up, but it's pretty much a two-horse race with the uh, the Saints and the Panthers. And then the NFC West, we talked about a little bit. The 49ers, the new uh, kings on the on the castle there, new kid on the block, if you will. They just stomped the Rams. They really did. They held their the quarterback for the Rams to under 100 yards uh, passing, which is pretty embarrassing. And the Seahawks are the second favorite. So Russell Wilson's probably the MVP of the league so far. He's looked really good. And the Seahawks only lost one game uh, against the Saints earlier in the year. Uh, the Rams have fallen all the way to at one shop. I saw seven and a half to one to win the division. So this is a team that went to the Super Bowl last year. I was beginning of the year was kind of down on them. I was like, yeah, I, you know, they saw some holes, blah, blah, blah. Last week, I actually bet the, bet the Rams. I thought it was a scenario where uh, we were getting the, the Rams at a really cheap price and the Niners at a, at a you know, a price, uh, you know, too expensive. But uh, no, they, that, you know. It's one of those things you bet and you get more information and it's like, man, the Rams, they have some real issues. So they just traded for Jalen Ramsey. I don't know how much this is going to help their offense and their offensive line. I mean, he's a defensive back. Um, he's a great player, no doubt about it, but I don't know if that's really going to ha- you know, fix their issues. So the overarching theme here is the NFC as a conference is, a, is really wide open. You know, if, if someone were to offer you, hey, I'll pick two teams and you can have the field, you want the field. Even if they took the two favorites, even if they took the Saints and the Vikings, you'd rather have the field. It's really wide open. So we're going to look for those futures bets, like those conference futures as we get closer, if we get a really good price. So I, you know, I check every week to see if there's a discounted price on a team that I think maybe gets one of those buys or maybe gets uh, a good matchup in the playoffs. So. Um, that's kind of the, the MO for the NFC. Anything jump out to you, Rob, in between maybe the NFC East, South, North, or West? The I'm curious about, and I don't know if you like would know this answer off the top of your head, but you named a few teams um, who really even have a remote chance of winning this, and there's a bunch, right? Maybe it's eight or nine between all of them. If you let's say this weekend just said, look, I want to cover all the teams that remotely have a chance to win the NFC and take a futures bet for each of them to win the NFC. Um, would that, like, what does that bet look like to you? What does that sound like? Well, it sounds like you're my financial manager and you're trying to create a bag here of, uh, you know, bundling together all these, like you're ETF mode right now. Yeah. And I, I like the way you're thinking because that is from your financial, uh, you know, perspective, a good thing. But if you add them all up, you would be looking at a uh, like a losing proposition because mm-hmm. you'd probably have to have about eight teams at, at, at the least amount to really feel mm-hmm. comfortable. And only two of the two of those three teams are trading at under eight to one. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is one of the things where. 
the marketplace is not truly efficient. You mm-hmm. know, it, it's it's so a way I had the futures market described to me is like you're you're trying to cut a piece out of a a pie like a 140 percent pie. So it's not 100 percent. You know, like the win probabilities would be if you added all the teams up in the NFC, it would add up to 100 percent if it was like a truly reflected the the true odds. But mm-hmm. the pie instead of it being 100 percent, it's actually like 140 percent. It's yeah. inflated prices. Yeah, exactly. So that's why futures is hard because you have to A, shop for the best lines and B, um, you know, they're not true odds. You really have mm-hmm. to just you, ha- you really just have to see a mismatch and you have to kind of get lucky to time it right. Um, but, yeah, it's a fantastic question. That's really a fantastic. So question. are we going to look back like in 10 years when this is more standardized? Are we going to look back and be like, you know, I'm surprised that this was eight to one and not like a very more precise, seemingly algorithmically calculated number rather than eight to one seems blunt off the top of my head. Right. And that's the number that that has come out of the market. Um, right. You see, what, you see what I'm saying? I absolutely see what you're saying. So actually at the best sports books, uh, so Bookmaker, which goes by or Chris, which goes by Bookmaker in this country, they I'm pulling up their odds right now. Like, um, yeah. They they don't all end in zeros like that. So like the Minnesota Vikings are 882 to win. There you uh, go. Okay. Like, so you're exactly right. That's more algorithms spitting things out. And yeah, you're going to see more like that. Absolutely. There's definitely the human element in this. And as this becomes more efficient and more mainstream and more risk tolerant, front, and this is this is you know uh, optimistic viewpoint on how sports betting are going. This is if you know they try really treating this like a true marketplace and embracing. Uh, short-term risk, you know, you know, moving away from you know the risk aversion type thing, and, and embracing the fact that hey, I, I'm a book, you know, if I'm in the casino, I have the edge, and yeah, I'll have a bad month. I might have two bad months, but I know over time, I'm gonna ha- if I if I properly, you know, take action here, I'm going to make money. Um, yeah, you're gonna see more prices like that, you know, where they, it's an algorithm kicking it out. You know, mm-hmm. so, absolutely, mm-hmm. it's a great question. But um, yeah, so like I said, if you take one thing from this podcast, the NFC is completely wide open. It really, it really is. Now, conversely, actually, the AFC is pretty wide open too. It's just it's wide open behind the Patriots. So starting with the AFC East, the Patriots have a uh, their current odds are minus three thousand. About some places more expensive, some cheaper. What that means is you'd have to put down three thousand dollars to win a hundred dollars for them to win their division. So they're overwhelming favorites. They're like that's implied odds about like ninety eight, ninety nine percent. They're going to win their division, even though they only have technically a one game lead over the Bills. The Bills are actually really interesting because they're the only other team in the AFC that has one loss. Or excuse me, they're the only teams the Patriots are undefeated. Uh, so like a Tom Brady injury, you know, and some other things happening. Maybe Bill Belichick like just, you know, like fucking converts to Buddhism and just like goes to Tibet or something like maybe that could happen you know like mm-hmm. he, he just like mm-hmm. finds his calling like in a mountainside in Tibet but um realistically the, the bill I mean I I actually looked at their conference price just because they're not going to win the division so that means they're gonna have to play that wild card so they're gonna have to play three road games to make it to the Super Bowl but I think if you really were doing the numbers um 30 to 1 is actually a, a good advantage. And if you actually look at their schedule, they they play the Dolphins twice still. So they play them this week. They play the Redskins in two weeks. 
play the Jets again. So it's like their schedule is really easy. So I might look to like as we get closer and the injury risk is shortened because it's less, you know, we still have 10 weeks of football left. The injury risk is is uh, shrunk. Uh, they currently have like a two and a half game lead over in the playoffs right now. So like they're comfortably in the wild card. Uh, but in terms of, of the actual like power rankings, they're still 10 points power rated, 10 points less than the, the Patriots. So, yeah. The AFC is wide open. It's just wide open behind the Patriots. The Patriots pretty much have a stranglehold uh, on on the conference. Moving the AFC North, the, the Ravens are comfortable favorites now. Um, the the Browns. So remember, I had that Ravens bet preseason. The Ravens are now just under three to one favorites uh, to to win. So you'd have to bet three hundred to win a hundred for the Ravens. Uh, the Browns are four to one. So you, if you put a hundred down, you win four hundred over the Browns. And the, and the Steelers are actually somehow with their backup quarterback only about five to one. Uh, but both the Steelers and the Browns are two games behind the Ravens. Uh, the Browns do have a really soft schedule for the second half, so I, I probably I may hedge if I see any sort of life from the Browns. But both they and the Steelers are on a bye this week. Uh, the Steelers play the Dolphins next week, whereas the Browns play the Patriots next week. But after they play the Patriots, the Browns have a really really soft schedule. Uh, moving to the AFC South, the Texans just got a massive win in Kansas City this week. They are the favorites in their division. Uh, I do still have that Colts bet. The Colts play the Texans this week. It's a, it's actually a really good matchup for the Colts. The Colts are off a bye week, whereas the Texans were on the road last week. Um, so instead of me betting this Colts game, I'm actually just going to hold on to my ticket here and hope the Colts win. And I'll probably hedge out with the Texans after this week if, if the Colts win, just kind of like – uh, get my money back. Maybe a small profit if the Texans win and a small profit if the Colts win. Uh, I, I, but the Colts here off a bye at home, Texans back-to-back road games, back-to-back huge games. Uh, but it's a two-horse race. The Jaguars are kind of flipping the page. They just traded their all-star defensive back, Jalen Ramsey, and the Titans just benched their quarterback, and they're just, they just don't have a lot of talent. Uh, moving to the AFC West. Chiefs are still pretty strong favorites, but they just lost back-to-back games at home for the first time since 2013, I think. And the second favorite team in this conference, or excuse me, in this division, is the soon-to-be Las Vegas Raiders, somehow, who were preseason um, fourth to finish in this division. They're actually now the second favorites at just around 5-1. to one. The Chargers just look like shit, a lot of injuries, and the Broncos started out 0-4. They've won two straight. So... Um, yeah, I mean, if you had to pick a second team in this division or in this conference, it would be the Chiefs. But there's some definite question marks with the Chiefs. There's no doubt about it. And uh, yeah, the Patriots are clearly the best team in football now. I know previously I'd said the Chiefs were, and that's just because their offense was so dominant. And offense is more important than defense. But the Chiefs, you know, Patrick Mahomes, their quarterback's got some ankle in- issues. They can't run the ball. Uh, and yeah, like I said, they lost two straight games. So that's just kind of like a, a wrap up of kind of where teams are right now. And uh, before we get into the picks for this week, just the, you know, against the spread lines for the contest, they're not really bets. They're just uh, for those pick them pools that people like to do. I've had requests for. Um, yeah. Is there anything jumping out to you in the AFC there, Rob? Big Bills guy over here. Um, yeah. No, I just thought about the schedule and uh, started wondering who in my fantasy league owns um, Frank Gore because, you know, Dolphins and um washington yes yes dolphins uh you actually probably want to look for devin singletary as well mm-hmm. he uh 
he probably is owned. He's been hurt. He's kind of like if Frank Gore was backing up. But yeah, it's a good way to look at it, Rob. There's a lot of uh, you know correlation between that. So we talk about like positive game scripts. So like you want the running backs when their teams are favored because uh, you you run when you win when you're winning. Mm-hmm. People, a lot of times you'll see the stats where it's like, oh my god, when this guy gets 20 touches, you know they're 10 and one, and then everyone's like, oh, you should run the ball. It's like no, it's the other way around. <laughs> he got that many touches because they were winning in the game, and you're gonna play a more conservative, uh, you know, chew up the clock offense. So, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah. It's positive game script, whereas conversely, you want your receivers to be in games where they're going to be behind because actually the ironic part is is teams play more optimally when they're behind. The mm-hmm. optimal way to play football is to almost pass in almost every scenario. There are certain scenarios where running is more optimal, but uh, if you looked at just like the math of, of like you know yards per attempt and yards per running attempt, um, passing the ball is almost always the more optimal play now there's other things that less direct than other than just like gaining yardage like you do want to eat up clock to let your Mm -hmm. defense rest things that nature but strictly on like you know the the core of what a football game is is gaining yards and to its core almost every scenario passing is is the more optimal choice but we'll we'll save that game theory for another day (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah before we get to the bets i did want to mention uh, or the picks for the week that the Nats, man, uh, we recorded last week and I was like, le- right before leaving or uh, right before we recorded, I talked about how I was going to go to that bar and watch the Dodgers, uh, Nats game five, which is a fucking epic game. We will, I just want to kind of recap everybody. We went to the bar, seventh inning wasn't looking good. We came home. I actually went to lay down and I heard my roommate screaming downstairs and it was when Rendon hit the first home run. To mm-hmm. make it three to two, mm-hmm. and as I was walking downstairs, I was like, "All right, well, it sounds like they're in the ball game." Juan Soto was hitting another back, you know, the second of the the back to back home runs, and I was like, "Is that a replay?" And they're like, they were like screaming, "No!" I was like, "Oh wow!" <laughs> so, uh, and then just the Nationals casually just you destroyed the Cardinals here. So my my sixteen to one future hit. I put a I put a tweet out, uh, tweet poll out asking my loyal followers if I should hedge or not. And they, they said I shouldn't hedge, and I just let it roll. And I actually I – did I thought it, at least see him play because I liked how the Nationals were playing. It's kind of like you're playing with house money once you, like, advance in a tournament that's that way. Um, so I, I did get your recommendation, which I liked, Rob, which was what did you tell me to do? Wait till the hedge after winning game one. Yeah. I'd like to say I thought that they had a good like pitching matchup, but I just made that up. Yeah, but that's it's a good point with hedging is is you know when you're doing like series and whatnot, you can wait till you're you know in a better spot. It's not like oh you have to do it before the series. You know you can do it. Okay, it gets to one one. Okay, I'm pretty much at the same spot I was at the beginning of the series, so I can hedge now. Um, but yeah, I, I to be honest, I I really didn't want to hedge, and I I was gonna be so proud of my Twitter followers if they thought I should hedge that I was like you know what I will hedge if you recommend it. Mm-hmm. But I I was also looking to hedge if it got maybe one one and I didn't like the pitching matchup and blah blah blah. But uh, if you yeah you just kind of watch the the Nationals just look like they playing with house money and they just look like the better team. So yeah I just let it roll. As for my thirty seven and a half to one ticket for the World Series, uh, the Yankees I will probably let it roll just because the pitching matchup is so much better for the Nats. But the Astros are they're just cheat codes man. I don't know if you've been following Garrett Cole. 
That guy is unbelievable right now. He's absolutely a cheat code. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, he'll actually probably be a Yankee next year. But uh, yeah, little little known fact. He was at the uh, the 2001 World Series in Arizona. The Diamondbacks and Yankees. Yankees. Yeah. And he was decked out in Yankees gear. He's a big Yankees fan growing up. Oh, gross. Yeah. So he'll probably be a Yankee next year. But anyways, uh, let's get to this week's picks and let's get out of here. Uh, so this week, Thursday night game, Broncos hosting the Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs had a ton of injuries. Uh, I'm going to take the Broncos plus three as and to win the game here. Uh, Denver's top five home environment. Chiefs have tons of injuries. Mahomes looks hurt. Obviously, this is the one week I'm not picking the Chiefs, which so they'll destroy, but that's just the way we're, we're doing things now. Cardinals versus the Giants. I'll take the Cardinals plus three. They have momentum and the points. I think I have both these teams rated pretty much similarly, but I'll take the three points. Kyler Murray is, is just amazing, and they just have momentum. They've won two straight games. Uh, I'll roll with it. Colts minus one against the Texans. Uh, I'll take the point, or excuse me, I'll, I'll take them to win the game as well. Uh, the Texans just won a huge road victory in Kansas City. Now I have to go play another road game in Indianapolis, whereas the Colts are off a bye. It's a huge advantage for Indianapolis. I'd like the Indianapolis's coach better. Uh, but I will say, you know, I've, I've talked a lot of shit about the Texans, but they have they look pretty decent. Uh, Dolphins plus 17 against the Bills. Um, the Bills, every Bills game this year has gone under. So 17 points in a, in a what's by default pretty much going to be a low-scoring game. I'll take those points. That will take the Bills to win the game. They also, the Dolphins are starting Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's a veteran. Um, it's a little bit of a gunslinger, but he, he's definitely, for, for the game Sunday, he's the better choice. Now, the Dolphins, what they're doing organizationally, they should probably be playing the younger guy just for next year and whatnot, but. For, for Sunday's game, it's better that, that uh, Fitzpatrick's in there. Uh, Vikings at the Lions. Man, this is the, – the Lions are no joke. They have a good defense. They really got jobbed on Monday night. They probably should have beat the Packers in Lambeau. But I am a Vikings believer. I'll be watching this game closely. Uh, but I'll take the my, Vikings minus one. Packers minus four and a half at home. This is such a weird line. Uh, playing the Raiders. Raiders were off a bye last week, but – Packers at home at Lambeau, less than a touchdown. I'll take that. Jaguars plus three and a half. Taking the hook here. The hook, I mean, getting the three and a half is very important. It's, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Uh, Cincinnati's defenses look pretty pretty poor, but um, Jaguars' offense is actually kind of looking legit. The total did come down three or four points, uh, so I think that three points is even more important now in, in a what's expected to be a lower-scoring game. Minsu Magic, that's the, uh, the uh, quarterback there from Washington State. He had a bad week last week, but a lot of people have liked this Jaguars offense, so I'm not going to react to one game sample size, uh, whereas the, the previous three weeks were very positive. <sighs> Man, you saw these Atlanta Falcons here, Rob, last week. The the L.A. Rams, who looked terrible, versus the Atlanta Falcons, whose defense looks God right, just awful. Uh, just really, really bad. I'll take the Rams minus three in a get-right spot for two teams seriously in trouble, but I would never put money on this game. Um, Niners minus nine and a half. I actually think this might be a bet I'm going to look at. So, Because I originally I thought this would be a letdown spot for the Niners after two massive games. So two weeks ago, they played Monday Night Football against the Browns. They destroyed the Browns. Last week, they go to L.A. It's kind of like a, a ch- uh, changing of the guard in the NFC West, and they destroyed the Rams. 
but Kyle Shanahan, who is the coach for the Niners, he used to be the offensive coordinator for the Redskins. And Mike Shanahan, his dad, used to be the coach for the Redskins. Daniel Snyder, the owner of the Redskins, fired Mike Shanahan and kind of try to use him as a scapegoat. So Kyle Shanahan's going to be ready for this game. He's going to get the that, that team amped up uh, this week. And, the, the, you know, I'll always bet against the Redskins any day of the week. Uh, the Titans minus two and a half against the Chargers. The Ch- Chargers are just a dumpster fire. They somehow lost, they got blown out by the Steelers this past weekend at home, even though Steelers had a backup quarterback. I don't know what's going on there. The, the Titans have a new quarterback in, and it can't be any worse. Marcus Mariota was looking terrible for the Titans. A lot of times when you get a new quarterback, it kind of reminds everybody that, hey, we're all playing for our jobs here. So a lot of times you'll get a more uh, focused effort. Um, Seahawks minus three against the Ravens. I really like this. If it gets to minus three, I, I already have this as a bet for the Seahawks. I took the money line, so the Seahawks to win this game. Russell Wilson is the best uh, player in football this year. He's just he's unbelievable talent. The Ravens' defense is really bad, and they're traveling across the country uh, in a really tough environment, top five home field environment, uh, to play in Seattle. And the the line is essentially implying that these two teams are even, but I have the Seahawks at two points better than the Ravens. Saints plus three and a half. Uh, they're playing the, at the Bears. The hook feels important. So once again, getting that three and a half. I think this game lands three in between one and three a lot of times. Uh, it's going to be a defensive game. I actually think the Bears will win the game. So for the pick them, the actual winner, I would say the Bears. But I think that against the spread, I'll take the Saints plus three and a half. I think it's a lower scoring game. And those three points play, are very important. And then for the Sunday night game, I have the Eagles plus two and a half. Better team, better organization. Both teams really need this game. But I, I have the Eagles as the better team, better organization. Um, and... Yeah, uh, just I kind of mentioned that when I talk about the division bet I, I wanted to make, or I did make. And then the, finally, the Monday Night Football game, the Jets plus 9.5. I, I have them to cover, but the Patriots to win the game. That's a lot of points for a low-scoring game. Uh, the Jets looked really good in their victory against the Cowboys. They just got their quarterback back. Um, the Patriots' offense has, has looked kind of bad. Is They've had some trouble the last couple games. So I, I expect this to be a lower-scoring game. And also, Patriots on the road is, is often a different team, especially on the road, uh, playing in a somewhat hostile environment uh, in that New York, those, those friendly New York confines that I'm sure they'll, they'll be received there, uh, the, the folks from New England. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yes, yeah, this is the picks for the week. Uh, like I said, I, I have that Nats future that uh, I'll be sure to post if I, if I hedge or when I hedge and for how much. Um, but does anything jump out to you, Rob, before we maybe talk about our weekend festivities? No, I don't think this had to do with what you were talking about, but something about what you said reminded me of this. So I was thinking of a metaphor for like, um, taking risk, whether it's investments or betting or trading, whatever it is. And it's like kind of a stupid little, uh, story thing that goes, all right, if, you know, it's five hours from Phoenix to LA, if you drive, whatever, 75, speed limit-ish, safe-ish. And the question is, if I drive 130 the whole way and get there in like three and a half hours, is that a win, right? Overall, did you win that? Was that like worthwhile? And most people would say, no, I don't drive 130 miles an hour to do it. The metaphor there is like taking a, a very high risk bet and it paying off and you just applying that to be like, oh no, it was safe and it was a good idea. 
which has to do, I think, with your your line of uh, not being so results focused and being more more process focused. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's why it's funny because like <laughs> my roommates or whatever, like telling their friends about my sixteen to one bet and whatever, and like my thirty seven and a half to one bet and. It's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, it's pretty cool and whatnot, but it's also like, it's very, people, it's like dangerous when people are like, oh man, like 16 to 1, 30 to 1, like, you know, just because something happened, you know, doesn't mean it was supposed to happen. And obviously it's, it's nice that it hit, but I also had other futures out there. So it's not like it's a, it's, it's a true 16 to 1. If you factor in my other futures, my profit's like 8 to 1, mm-hmm. you know, 9, 9 to 1, I guess. Um, so yeah, no, it, exactly. I mean, you know, we deal with risk on a day in day out basis and, and our relationship with risk, I think differs from the average person quite, quite a lot. Um, but yeah, just, uh, human psychology and risk and behavioral economics. I, I think it's like, um, you know, pretty much the, the early onset of that whole field. But I, I think it's, that's a field that's really going to grow, especially if we get more experiments and more data to look at um, the hilarity that is the average person's relationship with risk and whether that might be financial decisions, uh, like you're saying, speed decisions, risk, you know, things of that nature. Um, yeah, I think it's really interesting concepts where I think you and I deal with it so much, we're kind of like almost numb to it. Whereas like, you know, like I meet people at you know, I was over somebody's house this past weekend and they were talking about, you know, that bet. And they're like, oh my God, like, how did you do that? I was like, well, yeah, I just, it was just, you know, it, it was good odds and I didn't expect it to win. I mean, it's great that it's come to fruition, but there was, you know, if you remember the first, the, the play-in game, the wild card game, if the Brewers right fielder isn't a complete fucking dumbass, you know, the, the Nationals <laughs> don't win the wild card game and none of this yeah. happens. You know, it's, yeah. it's like, there's so many ifs and buts that, you know, it's all hindsight's you know twenty twenty, but but the reality is is life, life and sports are incredibly random, and um, yeah, we just try to make money off of it, and you know, randomness is a bitch, and sometimes it's a it's a good bitch, and sometimes it makes you uh, you her bitch, but uh, you know that's life, right? I guess so. <laughs> all right, on to the weekend. What what do we got coming up this weekend? Um, I think the tentative plan that you first put forward was to uh, go pet the tiger in Baton Rouge. Correct. So we are going down to uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana to see a dear friend get uh, get married off. And uh, we were thinking of some things to do. So if anyone has any requests for us to do or our weekend in Baton Rouge, please let us know. Uh, we were going to try to free the tiger as a, as a, as a, a humane effort and also just some sick pictures we want to get as well. Uh, mm-hmm. But all, all sarcasm aside, I'm very excited to go to Baton Rouge as well as see some of our idiot friends and, uh, yeah, just uh, just enjoy ourselves this, this weekend. One bad thing, Louisiana does not allow Daily Fantasy, so I will be taking the weekend off from Daily Fantasy. Uh, but we, my, my buddy is going to write an article about uh, Daily Fantasy, especially regarding tournaments that we'll post on the website. I'll tweet that out, things of that nature which is really good stuff. He, he showed me some stuff from last week that, that helped me build my lineups. Uh, I did lose last week in Daily Fantasy as well, uh, but process-wise, I, I really liked my process. And uh, like we said, Randomness just threw us a, a curveball last week, and, and that's what she does. But, uh, yeah, we'll have that out. And, 
more importantly, I, I'm excited to have like a little bit of a refuge before uh, basketball season gets started. So uh, first, first drinks on me this weekend, Rob. Uh, now that that's recorded, sounds good. I will refer back to that. That's you're supposed to say. Second one's on me, Jay. But uh, okay, uh, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> All right, man. I'll see. You. I guess I'll actually see you this weekend, but I'll see everybody else next week. Peace.